Paradigms, Insights into Relationships and You, hosted by Toby Jenkins, a marriage and family therapist associate serving Central Kentucky. Each week, Toby will bring you a show with a topic related to mental health, relationships, or self-improvement. The name of the show, Paradigms, comes from that moment in the therapy process when a profound shift in perspective happens for a client, an epiphany sometimes accompanied by physical reaction that leads them to look at things differently and make significant steps towards improving and enriching their lives. You are listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships in You. I'm your host, Toby Jenkins. And today I have a special guest and a really amazing story of how I got connected with this guest. And this connection started about four weeks ago when I got a message on Facebook Messenger to cut to the chase. It was a very nice introduction. And then near the bottom it said, uh, I've I've uh, submitted my DNA to Ancestry.com, and I've gotten the results back that you and I may have the same mother. Boom! <laughs> I was, I can't tell you how many different emotions I had going through me at the same time. My first one was, oh my gosh, there's a family secret that has to be uncovered here. The second was, this is someone who has lived a good bit of their life, and they don't know who their mother is, and they are looking for that answer, to answer some questions about themselves. And so um, since that uh, union, since that uh, connection, I've done what I can to give the information I have to my guest, who's Donna Marshall. Donna is a mother of two, grandmother of two, and she's, she's a peer adherence educator living in Charleston, South Carolina. And so uh, welcome to the show, Donna. Hi. <laughs> Hello. We have to give our guests a little update from the first mm-hmm. time we got connected a month ago. And, you know, I want to right. practice by saying that in my, in my work as a therapist, I have from time to time worked with people who are in adoption situations. And right. we will get to that uh, you were not necessarily adopted, but given away. And exactly. there's, a, there's a concept of uh, ambiguous loss that many people who don't know uh, certain things about them, and maybe to, to maybe to, to give a worst-case scenario about ambiguous loss, the worst-case scenario is when people either die or, or I guess, maybe plane crashes. Plane right. crashes, and um, often bodies are not recovered, and there is something in us that wants closure. And if you go back through human civilization – there have always been rituals where people die or pass on to the next world, whichever the belief was, where there was some communication of closure that that, that death or that moving on has happened. And so that same phenomenon happens with adoptions or if you're given away at birth. They're just unanswered questions that uh, really nag at you throughout and they have lifelong um, impacts, which is why so many people who are in closed adoptions go and try to find their birth parents when they can. So welcome to the show. I have been um, blown away by your story and your progress. So um, yeah, tell us, um, 
tell us more about how you started on this journey of trying to find your birth mother. Well, I found out that my mother wasn't my birth mother around the age of 15, 16. I found out through my mother. And when I say mother, that's the lady who raised me. She, Mm -hmm. she is my mother. She was my mother. She's deceased. But, um, her niece, it was like a jealousy thing. And she told someone out in the street. And of course that person came back and told me that, Oh, your cousin says y'all not really cousins. Um, your mother got you from somebody somewhere. That is incredibly cruel. Right. Oh my gosh. That's how I found out. So I'm angry. You know, I'm an angry Mm -hmm. teenager. I'm angry. I come home. I'm, I'm crying. I'm like, well, why is she telling people this mother? And why is she saying crude things? Mm -hmm. And my mother niece was standing there and I was like, tell her it's a lie. And my mother, who was the sweetest lady in the world, she was an evangelist. I grew up in a religious, um, holiness atmosphere. Uh Um, and she held her head down and she said, it's true. Wow. But she looked right. She, She said, it's true. And I just, I I can't really say how I felt at that time. I was like, what do you mean is true? Yeah. I, I asked her, where did you get me from? Uh-huh. Where? Who's my mother? Where's my mother? Where's my birth mother? Mm-hmm. And she said, I don't know. And I, well, how do you mean you don't know? And, you know, I was an only kid, you know, and I was like, mm-hmm. well, where'd you get me from? You know, and I'm asking her these questions and my mother just held her head down. And my mother said, I do not know. You need to ask the neighbor. And my mother looked at her niece and said, I don't know why you're bringing this up now, but I'm going to ask you to leave because you're destroying my household. Yeah. So yeah, I can, I can imagine at that point, everything that you assume was true then feels like it's not true. And so then you don't know what to believe and what not to believe from everything. Exactly. Exactly. I was like questions going in my head and I was angry and, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I said things that I shouldn't have said, you know, I'm an angry, hurt teenager and I was just, I was distorted, distraught. And, you know, when I think about it now, it does, it's, it does, it still hurts. But then when I look, look at it, I said, you know, when I find out everything, what I'm finding out, maybe she really didn't know. Yeah. She was telling me the truth, you know, now that I'm finding out things now, you know, but that was a really, that was the worst hurt I've ever felt. I'm going to be 53 next month. And that was really, that really hurt. But when I thought of, you know, later on in years, I'm older now. I'm, she was my mother and she 
took good care of me, you know, but then I didn't think of it that way. You know, I'm a teenager. I want to know why you lied to me all these years. You know, I thought you gave birth to me, you know, finding out you did not give birth to me. You're not my birth mother. You know, that was just a a wow. It was just, I can't even describe how I felt at that time, even though it was long ago, but I can still see myself just at, you know, really screaming and crying and angry. Yeah. Very angry. And I'm pretty sure that your mother did not want you to find out that way. You know, it's always, it's fascinating the things we do to protect others that, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that uh, that's what she was trying to do is protect you. Right. But, uh, yes, she did. To find out, you know, the things that I know now, I see why she did what she did. You know, you know, it was reasons. Every, everything is a reason. And it was a reason that she, she, number one, she loved me. Mm-hmm. Number two. You know, I was her child. I was her baby. Come to find out she couldn't have children. Mm. She had to direct me at an early age, you know. And she always wanted a child. She always mm. wanted a child. And it was an opportunity, and she got it. I don't know. It just... <laughs> she was a good mother. She was a good mother. She will always be my mother, even though she's deceased. That's my mother. Yeah. You know? So, so did then did, did this revelation then uh, start you in the path of rebellion and more searching? Because that's a oh, being yes. a teenager alone is yes. difficult. But then, okay, yes, I I got married at eighteen. <laughs> okay, I had my first daughter at eighteen. Um, oh. My ex husband was twenty one. He was in the military. And I thought I loved him, but mm-hmm. I think I wanted that security. Um, yeah. I thought this was, he loves me, you know. Yep. I knew what love was. And, you know, I had my second daughter a year and a day later. So I had mm-hmm. two babies at the age before I was 20 years old. Wow, that's awful. And my ex husband was, like I said, military and. I was spoiled rotten. Like I said, I grew up as an only child. My mother spoiled me. I didn't even know how to cook. My mother used to come and cook for me. (laughs) Even after you got married? Yes. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) My mother came and cooked for me. And, you know, it was okay. I, you know, you're young. I thought this was what I wanted. I'm married. I got two kids. But then... You know, life started taking other turns. Um, I started going out, partying, Mm -hmm. you know, um, meeting other people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, learning another life, um, drugs, being around people who did it, and it started affecting my life. So I have a a question for you. Even after the revelation that your mother had held the secret from you, mm-hmm. you know, you had that initial reaction. You still remain close with her or did you, how did you trust her? Yes. I, it withered down, but every once so often I would ask my mom, you sure you don't know who my mother is? 
my birth mother. Okay. She would always say, no, Donna, you've so got to ask. Right. You got to ask the neighbor. Wow. That is. Ask the neighbor. It sounds like a, it's very evasive and had to not be concrete enough for you at the time. No, it was mm. not. I, you know, I was searching, searching. I, I wanted to know. I wanted to know because I want to know who I look like. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had friends who they look like this one, look like that one, even though my mother, I look like her. Really? <laughs> well, they say if I you did. keep them long enough, they'll start to look like you. Like you. <laughs> yes, and that's what happened. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> we look alike. <laughs> that's funny. Well, we're up against our first commercial break. Uh, You're listening to Paradigm, Insights into Relationships and You. And today I have a special guest, Donna Marshall. And we're talking about Donna's journey to uh, find her mother, her birth mother. Um, Yes. We'll be right back after this commercial break. This segment of Paradigm's Insights into Relationships and You is sponsored by Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy. Walking beside you during life's challenges providing therapy for couples, families, and individuals. Find us on the web at www.jenkinscft.com. And we're back. You're listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. I'm your host, Toby Jenkins, and my guest today is Donna Marshall. And the topic today, being given away at birth. And so before the break, Donna was sharing with us um, how she found out that she was adopted. It's, It's a long and and very intriguing, interesting story. You know, Donna, technology has really, both the internet and DNA have really created an amazing platform to answer these kind of questions. So um, how did you go about figuring out who your birth mother was? Well, um, you know, they started coming up with these DNA tests. And I said, I want to take one of these tests and maybe I can find somebody. I took, I did 23 and me first. Let me go back. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to do the test, but it was always expensive. You know, when it first came out and I was like, wow, I wish I could do this and that. So over the years I, I said, okay, it started going down, down. And finally last year I said, I'm going to get one of these tests. And they had a special. So I went 23andMe and I got the test and I sent my DNA and they gave me a little, you know, a little bit about my ancestors and they had one first cousin and her name was Alexis. It was no picture. Oh, (laughs) okay. No picture, nothing. This one first cousin. We know first cousin. That's real close. Yes. I I I message the first cousin. I never got a response. I even put on Facebook. I'm searching for an Alexis. Wow. My first cousin. Does anyone know Alexis? 
Bronx. I'm from Charleston. I went to the media and I'm like, well, some, you know, social media, everybody is out there, you know, somebody, no response. So I said, okay. I went down to like a second, third cousin and I, I, I talked with a couple of second, third cousins and, but everybody, all the ancestors came back to Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, we have some in lives in Nevada. I got like a third, fourth cousin, um, California, Massachusetts, you know, but that first cousin never came. So I said, you know what? They have another test, Ancestries. And I said, mm. I'm going to submit my DNA to Ancestries. You know, I'm going to put it in all the DNA data, all of yeah. it. Somebody has to come up. <laughs> this is how I, you know. How long, I just, how no. long, ago, how long ago was the Ancestry.com DNA test? That was over the summer. I did that last year in July. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm laughing because that was, you know, my, my dad, my dad and my wife's dad have both gotten really into Ancestry.com. And that was our gift to both of our parents, the DNA wow. test. About DNA, yeah. DNA test. Um, gosh, it's got to be maybe two or three years ago. And so okay. fascinating things we've, uh, I'm sorry to sidetrack you a little bit. You know, we've always had this uh, story in our family that we have all this Native American blood <laughs> and and our grandmother was Blackfoot and all that good stuff. <laughs> we, got, we got my mother's DNA test back. It was 0.2. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew, I knew I was Lumbee. I'm a Lumbee Indian. I know that. But it's not the DNA test. It's not the DNA test. Nope. Same kind of thing happened on my mom's side. All this story, but we got some Irish. No, there's no yeah. Irish. So, <laughs> I know. The DNA, DNA is, is doesn't lie. DNA doesn't lie. When I did Ancestries, it came back, and I had a close family two first cousins. I was like, wow. And then what I would do is the person, if they didn't have a picture, a lot, you can put your picture on it, but Mm -hmm. this particular person didn't have a picture. So I went to Facebook and I typed in their name. (laughs) And I said, Kieran, who's a Kieran? I said, maybe in South Carolina, you know, because so yeah. a couple of people popped up, but this one particular person and we had friends in common and I was like, wow, is it her? So I messaged her sure. a couple of times. <laughs> I didn't get any response. <laughs> so Ancestry.com, then Facebook. That's, That's what I, I would put, I even put Alexa's name in it, but not knowing anything because they didn't have too much information on 20, 23 and me. I like ancestries better. They gave me more information <laughs> and I was like, okay, the person is not 
messaging me back. So I did contact a first cousin and she called me and we talked. Her mother, she said her father was originally from, her father was from South Carolina, Charleston, but she moved away when she was five. But her mom used to go back and forth to Honduras. Wow. Okay. That's not a typical thing to hear about. No. And she she gave me her father's name. I put that on the paper. I would write down things. I wrote down things and I, you know, I paid for the extra information on ancestries when I had the money. I paid for it Mm -hmm. and I would look it up and I even they gave me even the um back in the day they used to write everything. And I found a man and he lived on Huji Street. He was married and I looked all this up and I was like, and everything went back to a Jacob. It went back to a Jacob and I was like, wow. So, and then came up. So I went back to Facebook and I said, her name is Kieran. You know, I put, mm-hmm. I'm putting all these things together and I'm asking questions. Yeah. So needless to say, she never called me back sure. or messaged me back. And I told my best friend and I told my best friend who she was. And my best friend said, you don't know who that is. And this is how small the world is. <laughs> That's <laughs> first cousin. <laughs> I know for years. Uh-huh. Years. She said, call oh, maybe can contact her. So needless to say, I started when I went on Facebook and when I knew it was exactly this is the person, then I went and I looked at her friends and family and I saw you. Mm-hmm. I said, Let me be your friend. I saw your brother. Let me be your friend. This is how <laughs> <laughs> you were a detective. Right. And then I saw, I saw, um, your aunt and her sister Loretta. And I was like, well, let me ask everybody. And then when I looked at pictures, I was like, I look like this lady. So I, I asked Luann, I said, Luann, do you know so-and-so? She was like, yeah, my sister didn't know them real good. Dita knows them real good. So <laughs> Dita got in contact with <laughs> This is, Charleston is small. The world, let me put it like this. The world is very small. It is. And I know a lot of people in Charleston. Yeah. And but it's just a matter of fact of me doing this research and doing this and contacting this person and that person. And Mary, maybe you talked to Mary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mary said, Oh, I don't know. And I was like, you think, you think, I said, you think this lady may be my mother who is your mother, Miss Loretta. I don't know nothing but that, you know, So this had to be somewhat of an emotional roller coaster for yes. you as well. So I, is it fair to say that the highs are when you get a potential hit and it's a connection that makes sense? Yes. And then the lows are when either you don't get a response or it just doesn't pan out? Doesn't, right. It okay. it really, when I don't get to respond, it's like, wow. So maybe I will never know. And I would be at it for a week. And then I would stop for 
a month. Right. And then I would do it again. And then I would stop. So yeah. it was like, yes, no, yes, no. So the DNA, the DNA test itself got you close. Yes. And so, so, got me. so it got you close, but wasn't completely accurate. But then no. it helped you get, okay. So we're up against uh, another commercial break. Okay. And when we come back, we have to unravel how you got from being really close to yes. finding your mother. You're listening to Paradigm, Insights into Relationships in You. One Minute Insight is coming up next. This is Toby Jenkins, host of Paradigm, Insights in Relationships in You, and this is One Minute Insight. This is part two on self-talk. One of my favorite hobbies is playing golf, and a few years back, I read a really good book by a sports psychologist named Joseph Parent, and he had a chapter in his book entitled Fire Your Caddy. And the point of this chapter was, we say things to ourselves that we would never allow anyone else to say to us. So to use the golf analogy, if a golfer hits a bad shot, and if his caddy responded by saying, you really suck, you don't even deserve to be out here, then you would probably not want that person around you. But we say these things to ourselves all the time. So part of being kind to yourself is monitoring what you say to yourself and not saying things to yourself that you wouldn't allow anyone else to say to you. So be your own best fan and be your own best cheer. And we're back. Uh, you're listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships in You, and my guest today is Donna Marshall. Before the break, we were uh, Donna had started on this path of DNA testing, searching on Facebook, and making contact with people to try to figure out if, um, due to um, from the DNA results, they were showing some relation that they were really related to her. So, how did you go from Facebook? reaching out on Facebook, and I was one of the people that you reached out to. Exactly. The names that you toss out, it's a smorgasbord of people in my family. Yes. So that part is it is really amazing. So then how did you go from those kind of dead ends to then finding your birth mother? Well, I, I would check Ancestry's just about every day and 23 and me to see whether I got messages and so happened one day I checked 23 and me and a new a new relative came up wow a young lady <laughs> named Justice a young girl and they said first to second cousin now one thing with the DNA they may not get the relationship right mm-hmm. but they know you're related. You're mm-hmm. related. They will say definitely related. It mm-hmm. may say first cousin, but this may be your niece, which was what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And me and this young lady, Justice, we messaged each other and she told me, oh, my mother was adopted. And I told her my story. Well, I was adopted. And she mm-hmm. said, my mother, mother was from Charleston, South Carolina. And I was like, well, I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. And her and I, she was like, well, um, 
my mother don't really know her mother and but if you want to talk with her i can give you her number and so i said well give me her number oh you can give her my number my email and i was like you know right. so she sent me a picture of her and her mother mm -hmm. and i looked at the young lady and i said this young lady her mother looks like me because i have blonde hair which i dye it <laughs> this young lady has blonde hair and I was like, we have the same style, short yeah. hair. We, you know, the the round face. Hmm. So be your sister then, right? Not knowing, I'm looking at my sister. So, oh. my sister and I, not knowing she was my sister, we talked, and she was telling me how she found her family. She went. Um, she was born in New York. She went in the big book at the library with the two lines in New York. And she oh, looked at old school. Book. Right. Yeah. And someone gave her some information to look because she was legally adopted. I was okay. given. Yeah. I was given away. I was given away and my birth certificate was altered. Wow. My mother who raised me name is on my birth certificate. Because my mother, my birth mother, left me in the hospital. Hmm. But she would leave all her babies in the hospital. But people would go get them, family members. But with That's me, amazing. my sister, not knowing she's my sister, she's telling me, yeah, my mother, um, she named me, but she put me out for adoption. But she said the family that raised her, she had a mother, father, middle class, but she said the lady told her when she got a certain age, well, I'm not your birth mother. So the lady wow. told her, um, your mother really named you Veronica. And my sister said she was like nine, eight. And she said, Veronica, well, why didn't you keep my name, Veronica? Because her name is Adrian. Okay. And so the lady kind of like flipped the script on her after that and started treating her badly. She started physically and mentally abusing her. Now, so, so it was all fine before, before the, the lady mom didn't disclose to her that you really adopted. Right. That she oh, was adopted. So my sister is telling me this story, but I still don't know that this is my sister. Yes. Yeah. So my sister um, said, well, let me call my uncle Mario. She said, because I went down and when I found my family, she said, I found my family because she did her research mm -hmm. and um, she found them and she said, let me call uncle Mario. She called Uncle Mario. We did a three-way. Uncle Mario lives in Charleston. Sure. Um, <laughs> and she said, Uncle Mario, I have a young lady on the phone. She came up in my daughter's DNA. So I started talking to Mario, and he told me where they grew up at. Um, and I told him my story. And when I said I was given to the neighbor, and the neighbor gave me to my mother. And when I told him who the neighbor was, he said, hold up. 
the neighbor, Miss Janie, who had a daughter named Alifair. And he said, hold up. You're my niece. No way. Wait. <laughs> he said, you're my niece. And I said, what? He said, my sister had a baby and she gave the baby to the neighbor who lived down the road, which was Miss Janie Alifair's mother. And she said, he said, you mean to tell me your mother is the lady came and got you and raised you? You understand what I'm saying? Miss Janie gave you to your mother. So you were passed along twice. twice. Yes. And this uncle, how much older is Mario than you? Uncle Mario, I will be 53. Uncle Mario is 50, 58. He's no... He was not, a young kid. He was a young kid, but he remembered, and he probably, you know, the people would talk, older people would talk, but the kids would be listening, but it was a no-no to listen, but we, you know, we hear and we don't hear. Oh, but yeah. it triggered when I called those names because... Um, Alifair is a peculiar name. It's a different name. You don't hear that name every day. Yeah. And when I when I told him that, and he he remembered, and he I sent him a picture of me, and he said, "Yes, you are my niece because you look like Drusilla, my sister." Wow. So I cried. My sister. No, Proximity-wise, you lived and grew up kind of in the same... Right around the corner. The whole time. The whole time. Until I, until I moved, until we moved cross town. But I was seven, eight years old before we moved. And we just moved on the other side of town. So basically, my mother was right around the corner. My my birth mother lived right around the corner from me. And so she probably knew the whole time. Yes, I believe she did. But from the stories that I'm hearing, she she just, that's what she did. She had the baby. She left them in the hospital. And my two brothers were lucky because family members went and got them and they made her keep them. But... I think with the girls, she she really didn't tell anyone. It was kind of like a secret. They knew, but they tell her she cannot bring these babies. And my sister was a big secret because no one really knew about her because she had her in New York. Reason, wow. The reason why I was known of because I was born here in Charleston. Mm. And um, the cousin, when I finally met one of my cousins, and I asked her, did you know about me? And my cousin said, I knew about you. Really? Really, she said, um, when Drusilla had you, someone from the hospital who worked in the dietitian area called us and said, Drusilla just had a little girl. And she said, a couple of years later, the, a lady told them, Drusilla's little girl lives right around the corner. Go see her. And she said she walked around the corner and she saw me and my mother walking down the street. And she said she saw me when I was like two or three years old. 
but no one said anything. Nothing. Is, uh... Nothing. No one. Nothing. Wow. I mean, now <laughs> most I'd say almost every family have has their secrets, things that they bury. Yes. Uh, that is. It's buried, but it's still right in front of you. That is in front, right here in front of when I, you know, they got millions of pictures. My great grand aunt is 90 something years old. And I went to see her and she got pictures, black and white pictures. She got pictures and their other sister. I saw this lady half the majority of my life growing up because she used to work in the store that me and my mom used to go in all the time. And come to find out, my grandmother used to work in DDX that was on King Street. <laughs> no, the, not DDX. It was another restaurant was across the street from Edwards. And they used to sell food. And my grandmother used to work there. And you probably so, passed with her. Passed with her. Time. Yes. And they probably knew, they knew, but no one said anything. And the secrets that they held, but, you know, I really, I'm glad I found my family, but in a way, I'm just like, wow, this is the wow factor here. I am right here. My family is right here, you know, and it's it's just amazing. It is. (laughs) I've been trying to find another word besides wow, but wow is the one that comes. Yeah, all I can say, I I really, it's like a wow, like this is really, really fascinating. You know, I am glad I do have family because one one point in my life, I felt that it was just me and my kids Mm -hmm. because it seems like no one knew where I came from because I would ask people who knew my mother from church oh, we don't know, but Sister Grant loved you. You were her baby girl. Sister Grant loved you, but we don't know who you, who's your birth mother. No uh, one, everybody that I asked, no one knew. No one knew. No wow. one knew. That is uh, <laughs> uh, <that's laughs> amazing. And uh, I, I'm speechless. This is, I have a ton of questions. I don't even know where to start. I know. But unfortunately... <laughs> We're up against a, uh, another break. Okay. And we'll have to jump into some of these questions uh, when we come yes. back. So yes. you're listening to Paradigm, Insight Center, Relationships, and You. Uh, my guest today is Donna Marshall, and she is uh, sharing her amazing story of finding her birth mother. And um, <laughs> it was right there in front of you much of your life. Yeah. It's amazing. So uh, we'll yeah. be right back after this message. Do you want to help positively transform schools? Then let me, Joel Cotty, keynote speaker and facilitator of the professional learning, Ignite, hashtag love in schools, put deep passion, purpose, and joy back into your classrooms, hallways, and school events. Share my contact information with a principal or district leader near you. My phone number is 859-967-8510 and find me on Twitter and Facebook at Ignite Love PD. And we're back. You're listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. 
We're, my guest today is Donna Marshall, and before the break, I was speechless, and my mind was blown at unknown family that uh, Donna spent good chunks of her her younger years around, not knowing they were really family. So, Donna, you know, I started this the the show by talking about the concept of ambiguous loss and the search that many people that are that go through adoption at some point they go they need to find their birth mother their birth parents and get answers. Right. Um, for you getting to this point in your journey of finding out who your birth mother was, um, what what kind of meaning did that have for you, and what's that? Um, and I, I would imagine you might still be working through it. Yes, it's still. <laughs> I'm still working through it, but. Unfortunately, she died in 2008 Mm -hmm. um, from a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I decided to go on this journey is because I had a lot of health issues that when the doctors would ask me, was it hereditary, family Mm -hmm. history? And I couldn't give any answers. I've had two heart attacks. Yes. Okay. Um, I have thyroids. I got the cholesterol, but thank God, you know, I got rid of the cholesterol and high blood pressure, you know, a lot of things that I have is hereditary. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the reasons. And I, I wanted to know who do I look like? Yeah. Why do I do things this way? <laughs> Why do I do things that way? Does my ear look like someone does my hands you know you know I look at families and you know their family they look they got oh you look like your mother even though people say I look like my mother who raised me but like we say you feed them till they look like you but (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to know you know and I also wanted to know why you gave me away you Mm. know I wanted to know Mm. that what what was the reason and when i started this journey i i also told myself donna it may not turn out the way you want it and i i mentally prepared myself for that that's why i would do it for a while and then i would stop because i would get you know built up built up built up and then i said it got too much and i stopped so when I did find out who she was and I found out she's deceased, but I do have two brothers and a sister mm-hmm. and I have cousins and my great grand aunt is 90 something years old and she's still alive and she has congested heart failure. Okay. So yeah. here goes the heart issue. She has thyroid. Um, my mother had high blood pressure. Um, you know, so I found out a lot of health, you know, the health history of my family. And I also, me and my brother resemble, we all resemble. I know who I look like. I look at a picture of my mother, my birth mother, and I resemble her. I got, I got aunts. We, we all have that resemblance. And now, you know, I know who I look like. I know who I look like. I know I got some of her ways, you know, but it's just the journey is not over with. I'm still searching because I do 
have a father. I was going to ask you on <laughs> that journey. And you still don't know who that is. I still don't know who that is. I'm still on that journey. Um, I think that side is going to be a little difficult because yeah. it's going to be a can of worms maybe that will be opened up. Yeah. Um, not trying to hurt anybody or, sure. you know, I don't want anything from anybody, but I just want it to be known that I'm your child. Yeah. So you know, I have a therapy kind of question to ask you. You, mm-hmm. you said something that, that kind of uh, caught my ear that um, there was a part of this journey that you were scared or fearful of finding out what the answer was. So what what was the, I guess, what was the answer that you did not want to hear or find? I guess the answer, I would say the answer would be, that I wasn't wanted. Yeah. Okay. You know, you gave me up because you didn't want me. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel that was the reason why. I feel the reason why she did what she did was because she was young and we were poor. They were poor. Yeah. And she she had children already, but she gave me to someone who she felt would take care of me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I was just afraid maybe, you know, I was an incest child, Mm. you know, maybe, you know, I'm like, well, maybe I may find out, you know, it was just the dark side. Maybe, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was just giving away just, you know, because my, my mother who raised me, her, nephews used to tell me oh your mother was a drug addict you know oh wow yeah they used to that's hurtful my, yeah my mother's my mother who raised me side they were very mean to me you know yeah. but my mother was an awesome mother she 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 would tell me don't listen to them so don't could you get the sense from them that they knew something was different about you yes they knew they knew but not me just when it finally came out in the open, you know, that's when everybody, you know, was like, yeah, you know, we're trying to keep it and we were trying not to make it known, you know, and I was like, I'm looking at them like, what? You know, really, basically, we didn't want to hurt your feelings because you're not our cousins. Mm. Wow. You know, but it didn't, it didn't turn out bad. Sure. Actually, it turned out great. The only mm-hmm. thing I was not able to meet my birth mother because she is deceased, but I have lots of pictures of her. And like I said, we I see who I favor. I've heard stories about her. I know I do have some of her ways. <laughs> I have a brother who we look exactly alike. I have a sister who we got ways alike. Um, I got cousins who we all look alike and, you know, and it it just feels like I'm loved. Before, I, I, I know I had love because with my children, but I have even more love now to give and leave. And this journey is not over with yet. Like I said, um, I may, I know 
like the father's side, it's, it's going to be a little difficult with that because I think I, I have a clue, but um, when people put things behind them and don't want nobody to know, they have secrets and they don't want those secrets to come out. Yeah. Eventually they will come out. <laughs> you mentioned, you know, Charleston is a small place. Yes, Lord. My brother and I were there, uh, this is a couple of years back with our wives, downtown Charleston, and a man walked up to us and said, you Abe Jenkins boys, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> and both of us, like, we were both, like, taken aback and, like, should we right, right. And then he was like, I went to high school with your father. And I was oh. like, how do you pick us out? And you went to high school with my dad in the 60s. 60s, yeah. So, you know, I did want to pivot to, I think what you're doing now uh, is, is, is amazing. Can you tell our listeners about the work you do and the population you serve? Yes, I am a peer adherence educator, which means I'm peer to newly diagnose um, people who are newly diagnosed with HIV. I've been living with HIV since 1991. Mm. And I got into this because when I was diagnosed, I was given five years maybe to live in 2000. 2008, I had a heart attack and that kind of made me rethink my life Mm -hmm. from, you know, what I was doing. I went and I went to this agency and I started going to the support group and I started meeting people and I started getting more involved and I did volunteer work at this agency. Um, A couple of years later, I was offered a job. DHEC came up with this job and I love my job. I get to help people. And I look at it as when I was diagnosed in 1991, it was a death sentence. Sure um, people looked at you like you were contagious. Yep. You didn't know who to trust, who to tell. Yep. Um, you were secluded. You basically, I basically secluded myself. And I kind of lived my life like I was going to die. But the only thing kept me going was my two daughters. And I know that they needed their mother. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in God and God puts us on this earth for a reason. And I feel my reason was to help other people through their journey on whatever their journey may be and the HIV journey, you know, and you know, it's still an epidemic now. We still, everyone should be tested and everyone should know their status. Yeah. And getting, but, uh, getting worse in the Southeast by recent news. Yes, it is. Yeah. We have high, in the MSM world, men under 30 is very high. Um, I live in Charleston, South Carolina. Tell out what MSM um, is. Men who have sex with other men. <laughs> yeah. And and often um, on the what they call the DL or in Yes, on the DL, right. And we've had last year in January, we had seven seven positives, all men, all under the age of 
30 wow. and five were black. Wow. So it's, it's hard. It, it hits the black community really hard. It is, it's hitting the South really hard because people are ashamed and stigma is still high. People still have that belief about, oh, you catch it through this and that. That's why I dedicated my life to educate people. I put myself out here. You know, I let everybody know my status because I want you to know you can't look at someone and tell that they're HIV. You sure can't. You know, it's, um, <laughs> you know I, I teach um, human sexuality and we spend yeah. a good chunk of the semester talking about STIs. And um, I try to keep my students um, uh, well-informed, especially with, say, I mean, yes. these are college students. And so, uh, yes. When we when we talk about the AIDS epidemic in particular, you know, I, I go back kind of historically about it. But like you like you said, there are certain pockets that engage in riskier sexual behaviors, yeah. and shame and the wow. taboo. Yeah, you you can't stick your head in the sand over it, and you have no. to be responsible. And, you know, and safe. Education is where it starts and, yes. you know, living here in the Bible Belt, they believe in <laughs> no sex until you're married. Absent, right, yeah. you know, and that's not working. Sorry, it's no. not working. <laughs> no. And there have been some, you yes. know, I could, I could go on and on about this. There there have been some uh, interesting yes. studies, especially with Scandinavian countries, who've taken a more comprehensive approach for years and all of the critical measures are much lower, um, with that approach. Yeah. But, um, man, you know, uh, <laughs> we've run out of time and it flew by, we might have to do uh, a, a second show, but, um, yeah. your story, your story, I think so. <laughs> your story is amazing. And I often end up saying after, after interviewing incredible guests, if your story touches one person, then our time was well worth it. So uh, yes, and I hope I hope it does. You know, and I just want people out there who are listening, don't give up, don't give up. You know, don't give up. Especially with all the Believe great technology it. and Facebook out there. Yes, <laughs> and DNA doesn't lie. <laughs> well, Donna, thank you again yes. for being on the show. Uh, you can thank uh, you for having me. Oh, very welcome. You've been listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. If there's a therapy question or relationship question you have, you can reach out to me at Toby at ParadigmRadioShow.com. You can find archived episodes in on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. And um, you can find out more about my guests and uh, links at ParadigmRadioShow.com. Listen to mail is next. You've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. Today's listener mail comes from Natasha. Natasha writes, why is my mother just now caring after I've moved out? That's a good question, Natasha. And if I had to guess, since I haven't met you or your mother, and I would assume that perhaps you're the last child to leave the house, and perhaps your mother is experiencing empty nest syndrome where now that there are no more children in the house, there's a major shift in her focus and her attention, and there's almost a loss of purpose purpose and emptiness. So this uh, 
showing of care might be your mother's way of letting you know how much she misses you and how much she misses mothering you when you were in her house. So if there's a way to look at this in a positive way from your perspective, just know that you're getting this attention from your mother because she really misses you and she cares for you. Thank you for tuning into Paradigm. Insights into relationships and you with Toby Jenkins. Join us again.